This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. I'm stuck in the middle with you, and I'm stuck on WABC radio today, and will be on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Uh, no they're, way! They're actually operating those days, and Santa and I will be on with Doug DePiro, who just spoke up, who is my close friend, architect, um, designer, artist, and at the moment, hard at work in Mar-a-Lago, restoring murals for, for Trump. Yes, I am. How you doing, Dick? Doing great. Doing good. Good, good. It's beautiful down here. The weather's nice. Yeah, tell me about it. It's freezing up here. President Trump is such a gentleman. It's unbelievable what a nice guy he is. So, you sure you got the right guy? <laughs> <laughs> And red Stop hair, blonde hair. I'm, yeah. telling, I'm, <laughs> okay. telling, I'm telling him you said that. Okay. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> so, um, so what's going on now is that Trump has launched the most formidable and important issue of the non-economic issue of the 2024 campaign. And he's changing his entire rhetorical approach to focus on this issue, and that's the issue of free speech. Um, he gave a speech, uh, a video broadcast on Thursday that was the sounds of silence. Not a single media outlet covered it except the yeah, Newsmax that presented yeah. it in total, but none of the networks touched it. And uh, it really is his new campaign theme, and uh, it's a very important fundamental view of the need for free speech in America. And this is going to dominate everything he does in this campaign. And frankly, it's going to dominate the whole Republican primary field. So um, because the networks didn't play it and because nobody played it, except a lot of people heard it, I'd like to play it in full now. It's about seven minutes, but hang on his every word. It is absolutely phenomenal, important, and entirely new breakthrough in the Republican Party approach to this election and in Trump's approach. So fasten your seatbelts. If we don't have free speech, then we just don't have a free country. It's as simple as that. If this most fundamental right is allowed to perish, then the rest of our rights and liberties will topple just like dominoes one by one. They'll go down. That's why today I'm announcing my plan to shatter the left-wing censorship regime and to reclaim the right to free speech for all Americans. And reclaim is a very important word in this case because they've taken it away. In recent weeks, bombshell reports have confirmed that a sinister group of deep state bureaucrats, Silicon Valley tyrants, left-wing activists, and depraved corporate news media 
had been conspiring to manipulate and silence the American people. They have collaborated to suppress vital information on everything from elections to public health. The censorship cartel must be dismantled and destroyed, and it must happen immediately. And here is my plan. First, within hours of my inauguration, I will sign an executive order banning any federal department or agency from colluding with any organization, business, or person to censor, limit, categorize, or impede the lawful speech of American citizens. I will then ban federal money from being used to label domestic speech as mis- or disinformation. And I will begin the process of identifying and firing every federal bureaucrat who has engaged in domestic censorship, directly or indirectly, whether they are the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Health, Human Services, the FBI, the DOJ, no matter who they are. Second, I will order the Department of Justice to investigate all parties involved in the new online censorship regime, which is absolutely destructive and terrible, and to aggressively prosecute any and all crimes identified. These include possible violations of federal civil rights law, campaign finance laws, federal election law, securities law, and antitrust laws, the Hatch Act, and a host of other potential criminal, civil, regulatory, and constitutional offenses. To assist in these efforts, I am urging House Republicans to immediately send preservation letters — and we have to do this right now — to the Biden administration, the Biden campaign, and every Silicon Valley tech giant ordering them not to destroy evidence of censorship. Third, upon my inauguration as President, I will ask Congress to send a bill to my desk revising Section 230 to get big online platforms out of censorship business. From now on, digital platforms should only qualify for immunity protection under Section 230 if they meet high standards of neutrality, transparency, fairness, and non-discrimination. We should require these platforms to increase their efforts to take down unlawful content such as child exploitation and promoting terrorism while dramatically curtailing their power to arbitrarily restrict lawful speech. Fourth, we need to break up the entire toxic censorship industry that has arisen under the false guise of tackling so-called mis- and disinformation. The federal government should immediately stop funding all nonprofits and academic programs that support this authoritarian project. If any U.S. university is discovered to have engaged in censorship activities or election interferences in the past, such as flagging social media content for removal of blacklisting, those universities should lose federal research dollars and federal student loan support for a period of five years and maybe more. We should also enact new laws laying out clear criminal penalties for federal bureaucrats who partner with private entities to do an end run around the Constitution and deprive Americans of their First, Fourth, and Fifth Amendment rights. In other words, deprive them of their vote. And once you lose those elections, and once you lose your borders like we have, you no longer have a country. 
Furthermore, to confront the problems of major platforms being infiltrated by legions of former deep staters and intelligence officials, there should be a seven-year calling-off period before any employee of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DNI, DHS, or DOD is allowed to take a job at a company possessing vast quantities of U.S. user data. Fifth, the time has finally come for Congress to pass a digital bill of rights. This should include a right to digital due process. In other words, government officials should need a court order to take down online content, not send information requests such as the FBI was sending to Twitter. Furthermore, when users of big online platforms have their content or accounts removed, throttled, shadow banned, or otherwise restricted, no matter what name they use, they should have the right to be informed that it's happening, the right to a specific explanation of the reason why, and the right to a timely appeal. In addition, all users over the age of 18 should have the right to opt out of content moderation and curation entirely and receive an unmanipulated stream of information if they so choose. The fight for free speech is a matter of victory or death for America and for the survival of Western civilization itself. When I am president, this whole rotten system of censorship and information control will be ripped out of the system at large. There won't be anything left. By restoring free speech, we'll begin to reclaim our democracy and save our nation. Thank you, and God bless America. Well, thank you, and God bless you, wow. President Trump. that was great. Incredible. So, um, Doug and I were in Mar-a-Lago all week last week. And let me put the speech in its strategic context. Trump, since the 2020 election, has been complaining that it was rigged and that it was fixed. And the polling shows that about a third of America agrees with him. Uh, about two-thirds of the Republicans agree with him. Uh, but it hasn't gone beyond that. And the rest of the country strongly opposes that concept. Mm. And what, what Trump is doing here is pivoting saying that his argument about the election being rigged and fixed is not so much based on some clerk in Maricopa County letting people vote who shouldn't vote or some uh, official in Pennsylvania uh, jamming the, the, tab- tab- the tabulating machine. It's based on the idea that had the FBI and the national security establishment permitted the free media, the the tech media and the mainstream media to cover the Hunter Biden laptop story and reveal to the American people what his laptop contained, namely the information that Joe and Hunter Biden were on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party for the four years in between his vice presidency and his presidency. Uh, If we ever knew that, we never would have elected Biden. So by suppressing this information, they were fixing and rigging the election. Right. And he's saying that this brings it to an entirely different order of magnitude. What we need here is not just election reform and making sure that there's photo ID and stuff like that. This is a war between the FBI and the national security establishment and mainstream media and high tech on the one hand 
and the American people, the Republican Party, and Donald Trump on the other. And we have to win this war to preserve our democracy. And that's the fundamental point that Trump is making. Now, strategically, in the election, this is going to be an issue that I think will sweep the Republican electorate, will animate the primary. It'll become the number one non-economic issue of the campaign. We'll explore it in a little greater depth when we come back. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. Bless Donald Trump for taking all those folks on. And bless that him. really was great speech. It was fabulous, and really for saving America. Right. When Obama was elected, the first thing he did was he realized that the FBI and the CIA that had historically been run by Jay Hoover and Alan Dulles was a conservative, uh, he called them reactionary in organizations that would undermine his pres- presidency from the beginning to the end. And he understood that the first thing he needed to do was to turn those agencies from tools of the left of the right into tools of the left, and he put Brennan, a guy who basically uh, said he would vote would have voted communist in past elections, in charge of the CIA, and Eric Holder, an ultra radical, in charge of the Justice Department, and therefore in charge of the FBI, and they cleaned house. They fired everybody they could get their hands on. They changed the rule manuals. They changed the job descriptions. They made it really impossible for conservative FBI agents and CIA operatives to do their job. They transferred them to outer Mongolia or somewhere where they would resign. And uh, they cleansed both of those services, their words, to create a left-wing strike force, a police force for the deep state. And uh, that's been their... That's been their fundamental approach, and it is the fundamental reality of our political system now. We have a police state in the federal government that is trying to dominate the country, trying to rig the elections, trying to dominate the news flow, and trying to censor out conservative American values. And Elon Musk is taking those on. Bless him. And Thank God for him. And he's exposing what they've been doing. And this will, of course, be amplified by congressional hearings as soon as we take over the House. And much of the program President Trump just articulated will be embodied in Republican bills that will at least pass the House. And some of them may attract Democratic support enough to get uh, actually passed and passed Biden's veto. But more important than that, this will transform the election of 2024 into a referendum on whether or not we're going to become 
a police state and whether or not we're going to be having to spend our lives looking over our shoulder to uh, make sure that they're not watching us. You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Mm. And that line spawned an incredible range of left-wing activism. And now it's really, I hope, going to give us a perspective for conservative activism because the threats against us are enormous. And the control of information flow that that we're confronting is incredible. Let me give you one example. Nobody covered the speech I just played for you. ABC, NBC, CBS, Uh, Kevin, our our producer here, uh, said he worked a lot to try to find the speech online, and it was hard to find it. And uh, it's a comprehensive effort to deny us information, to censor us, to control us politically. And it originates in having flipped the FBI and the CIA and the DOJ, and mainstream media, and high-tech, from moderate, reasonable American organs to parrots of the left intent on suppressing information and keeping that information from the American people. But Trump's got a loud voice, and he's got a loud megaphone, and he's running for president, and you heard how articulate he is and how passionate he is about this. And he's going to go back on the rally circuit, and he's going to hammer this away until everybody has to pay attention to it. And he's got the goods on them because of the evidence of Twitter collaboration with the FBI. The files that came out in the last few days indicate this was not a one or two or three shot affair, but that it was ongoing close coordination between Twitter and the FBI about everything they left that let on, about what they let be said on their site and what she what they uh, banned. And, of course, when the Biden laptop came out, the intel community banded together and led by Leon Panetta, who is as much a puppet as a leader, they yeah. decided that uh, they would spread the word before the tape was out, before the laptop was published, that this was Russian disinformation. In fact, they sent a notice out saying Russian disinformation is coming. Be careful. Go to your bomb shelter now. And when it hits, you'll know to hit it. You'll know to duck it. You'll know not to cover it. And they made damn sure that nobody heard about it. And yeah, yeah, go ahead. And when you talked about when you talk about it on Facebook back then, they would say this doesn't it's not up to our community standards or whatever the frig they talk about on Facebook. And they ban it and they, they put it down and they take it off. So they were doing that on Facebook when you were talking about this laptop. Yep, and they were banning your Twitter accounts and censoring them and everything. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really creating a whole new reality in America and in American politics. Now, this past week, there were a number of polls that showed DeSantis passing Trump, and they were all phony. Uh, there have been two real polls that have been published since, one hour poll by McLaughlin that showed us 22 points ahead of DeSantis. 
and the other the Harvard Harris poll by my old associate Mark Penn, who did a lot of the polling for Clinton, and that shows Trump twenty points ahead. So this I believe DeSantis probably will not enter the race given these numbers. And there's no place for him. He can't get a word in edgewise on this. He's betting on the issue of the COVID vaccine killing people being the issue that can carry him nationally. And I think that's effective in Florida. But I think given the fact that 80% of us have been double shot and most of us are not dead yet, the, yet. the, uh, the it has a limited half-life as an issue. And whether you feel it does or not, uh, I think that Trump being the victim of this will dominate the media. Now, what's coming obviously, is they're going to make a criminal referral tomorrow by this Rump Committee to DOJ, and they're going to say that Trump uh, conspired to overthrow the government in his January 6th uh, riot, uh, disregarding the fact that he mobilized 20,000 troops to control it, that he uh, told everybody on television to go home peacefully, uh, and, and just disregarding those facts. And I think they'll also make a criminal referral about the archive documents, disregarding the fact that he didn't spread them to any hostile actor and that he had the authority to declassify them. And uh, they'll also say that he made a wrong phone call to Georgia when he told the Secretary of State there to uh, basically count all the votes and make sure he wasn't missing any. And these are bogus grounds, and the American people will recognize them as bogus grounds. They will see this as bogus as the impeachment attempts, and it'll go right off Trump's back. It's not going to hurt him at all. In fact, it'll rally the American people to Trump. Trump basically is saying, what doesn't kill me is going to make me stronger, because the free people of America and those who value freedom are going to rally to my side the more these shots are taken against me, the more there's an effort to suppress me. They're going to rally to me. And who would be the strongest Republican candidate? Let the Democrats tell us. Obviously, Donald Trump. They're not trying to suppress DeSantis or Mike Pence or uh, right. or you know any of them. Uh, there's no effort for that. The only one they're going after is Trump because he's the only one that really represents a threat to them. So we're going into a very difficult period, but this kind of issue is going to dominate. Let's go to our perpetual best friend, Judith, from Brooklyn. Hi, Judith. Hey, hi, Doug. By the way, please tell President Trump that I am 100% supportive of him. I've been from the beginning for seven years, and I feel every time they start up with him for no good reason, I feel it, and I'm, up, I'm insulted, and I'm, up, I'm hurt yes. for that as well. I think, I think most Republicans feel that way, and I, yeah. think that, I think the more they go after him, the bigger and the stronger he gets. First of all, Dick, listen, I want to thank you, thank you, and thank you again for playing <laughs> his speech. It was a brilliant was speech. Oh, it was a brilliant speech and brilliant point to run on freedom of speech. My goodness, it's scary that you have to run on this point in America. And President I Trump, I call him the people's president because he is truly looking out for the good for all Americans. He is the people's president. And I want him. He's the original. I don't want copycatters. And if DeSantis would be smart, he would support President Trump so that it would insure him for eight years afterwards, something like that. Wait for 28. Yeah, wait for 28 is right. 
I agree. I agree. I think that, uh, I, I mean, the political reality will make it increasingly impossible for him to run uh, because of the tremendous strength that Trump has. You know, he was mocked for putting out these cards, these Trump cards. They're like right. trading cards. But uh, right. they've tripled in value. And uh, and he's made making $4 million from it personally. <laughs> and he's, wow. got, he's got the last laugh. Whenever there's a question of Trump being out there in public, the support he generates is just incredible. Dick, let me ask you a question. You know, the Santos, the thing with the Santos, he's a, he's great. He's a great governor, fine and dandy. I like okay, but, okay, hang on. But listen, listen. But the thing is, they are going to create and lie about him as well. He's better yes. off with a man that has been basically uh, being being attacked for seven years. He's still standing stronger than ever, I believe. Yep. And he's the one that's proven to be a great president. No one denies that. And therefore, right. I want him back. And I think that's why DeSantis should yeah. think it over. And he'll definitely get in right after President Trump. That well, would I be think, the better. And, the, and, and then DeSantis will have eight years of the economy already back in the groove and everything going right. well with our energy. DeSantis, they so there's going to be together. 12 There's going to be twelve years of greatness. Yeah. Once Trump gets yeah. back in four years, yeah. DeSantis yeah. eight. You're talking yeah. 12 yeah. years of... Guys, we're, yeah. we're going to go to a break and we'll, have, to... we'll talk about this more on the other side. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. Let's go to Sandra, who I've met and liked very much in New Jersey. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Hi, good afternoon, Doug and Dick. Um... After see, hear, hearing Judy speak, I'm always like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to say. But what I wanted to say was on Thursday, after Greg Kelly aired Donald Trump's powerful speech, the news came on. You know, the news, the regular news on yeah. your channel. I was very surprised that they only mentioned the cards and not one mention of the speech. I can understand other channels, but not on 77 a.m. Yeah. But I also wanted to comment that... Those cards that I first thought were silly, let me tell you something. It's having a, sublim, a subliminal seduction effect on me. All of a sudden, when I visualize those cards, I see Superman, Donald Trump. So he <laughs> right. works very subtly. He gets in your brain in very yes. funny kind of ways. So those cards, all of a sudden, I like yeah. them. Well, I, the think, point, I, really wanted it, I yeah. think they show that he's cool. And I think they yeah, that's right. and and yeah, listen he has personality. and listen he's had to spend millions in legal fees um, because he's been victimized and you know even billionaires have about have a have a limit and uh, he was a chance to make some money and to show how popular it was those cards yeah. that went on the market at ninety nine dollars a piece are now trading I think for two hundred and fifty dollars a piece yeah and it's kind of incredible I, I have I, I have a question so. So when he runs, I, and I think you kind of answered my question today, I guess he, if he doesn't get the airtime that he deserves, I guess he's just going to do it by rallying like he always does? Is that how he's going to yeah. do it, or will he get uh, sure. the airtime that he deserves? No, he, he certainly won't. The network will censor him. But let, let, me, let me use your, your question to him, talk a little bit about the election, Sandra. 
Give me a minute. Um, I think that the unemployment situation and the growing layoffs in our economy are such that they're going to put the American economy into a real depression as the 24 election approaches. Uh, you've seen the unemployment stats that are largely lied, lying, but the key fact that's concealed in them is that the American economy is losing 1,600 full-time jobs every week uh, and has lost 634,000 full-time jobs since May. Now, when you get fired from a full-time job and you take a part-time job, that does not count as unemployment. You're employed, and the stat doesn't reflect it. And we're going to move to an area of 6 and 7% unemployment from about the 3.5% we're at now. And inflation didn't really work as a political issue, devastating over the whole election like we thought it would. And in 22, we won a lot of seats with it, and it was very important. We wouldn't have gotten the House without it. But basically, the Democrats protected their own from inflation. They passed Social Security, COLAs, cost of living adjustments, so disability benefits, Social Security, um, uh, workers' comp, unemployment insurance, food stamps, welfare, Mm women's infant and children feeding programs are all indexed. And and most union members uh, have cost of living adjustments in their contracts. So you have a third of America, 36%, that do not feel inflation. It's a little bit like an income tax refund. Uh, You get overwithheld during the year, and you put up with it, not happily, but okay, because at the end of the year you get a big fat check and kind of a forced savings account. And uh, that's how a lot of people have come to see inflation. But unemployment isn't like that. When you're unemployed, you're out of the economy. You're not making money. You can't afford to buy things. You can't afford uh, to rent rent stuff. And when you combine that with high interest rates, uh, you really kill off the economy. And I think the economy is going to be a basket case at the end of 24. And, you know, I've read a lot of books about the 1932 election, and they're filled with Roosevelt supporters saying, do you think we can beat Hoover? Do you think we can? You know, he's very popular. He's very good in the Midwest. And Roosevelt's a little shaky. He was identified with Tammany. He's pro-pro. He's anti-prohibition. Do you think we can beat Hoover? And then, of course, the landslide comes. And I think that's kind of what you're looking at here. So I think the most important issue is our ability to win the primary, and in this case, avoid a primary. And I think that we have a – the nice thing about the Republican base, when you look at media censorship, is that they're the easiest group of people to talk to in America because they're all watching one of two networks or both networks on television, Fox News and Newsmax. And they're listening to shows that meet outlets like this, conservative talk radio. And if you're penetrating those two TV networks and all of the conservative talk stations, you're reaching 80% of the Republican vote. And uh, they'll reach the other 20% for you. So So even if they block us out of ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, and all the other radio stations, uh, and even Twitter, and, but now they can't, the, mo- the word will get out there. And particularly with censorship being the fundamental issue we're going to use 
and unemployment in the general election, I think we're going to do just fine. Let's go to um, Alex in Brooklyn. Hey, Alex. Hey, Dick. Thanks for taking the call. By the way, about these cards that Trump is yeah. selling, you know, people are making fun of it, but Kamala Harris, they they were giving out books of her life story at the border. They were giving it to migrant kids. So that's a, that's a problem. Trump oh, giving yeah. out these cards. There's some leftists, yeah, coming out against it and saying, How many oh, ran back to Mexico to when they saw it? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, but I don't want to be part of the country that has this idiot as vice president. <laughs> Give me Mexico. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, well, uh, I wanted to tell you about the Hunter Biden story yes. um, and the, the FBI colluding with big tech. I agree it had an effect on the 2020 election, but I don't think it had that much of an effect on this midterm election because this election wasn't so much about Joe Biden versus the Republicans as it was um, Democrats yeah. who were distancing themselves from Joe Biden in this election against Republicans and, and the hatred that a lot of Democrats have for Trump. Yeah, so, I, th- I think you're right about that. But, you know, the the, lap, the Twitter exposés really hadn't started when the election was held. Uh, people really didn't get the full impact of that. And it's going to take yeah. a while. It'll penetrate and seep through America. And, and now you- when you talk about 2024 in terms of the Republicans uncovering all that information about Hunter Biden, I don't know how much of, of an effect it's going to have on the 2024 election when Joe Biden is definitely not going to be the Democratic nominee. I don't think his handles would put him up to be the nominee if he can't win the general yeah. against any yeah. Republican. But uh, I think we should investigate it, but uh, it shouldn't be any more important than investigating what Democrats knew about FTX and how it was a scam. Right. Okay, so let me move on. Thank you. Uh, there's that a word fun. I'd like to, us to all to delete from our vocabulary, hunter. Uh, you know, you can talk about it with, the, with ducks and geese, but it, the issue is not Hunter Biden. The issue is Joe Biden. And uh, Hunter is acting as a lightning rod for Joe. Uh, as he always has. He takes the payoffs. He's the one that does the deals. Meantime, as Hunter said, Joe gets his cut. Uh, I think the he said guy. a third. And uh, the big guy, yeah. And I think that yeah. the issue here is uh, is um, Joe Biden, not Hunter Biden. Let's go to right. Terry on Eaton East Village. Hi. It's a pleasure. Hi. Uh, Mr. Morris. DeSantis is no answer for conservatives. To have Mike Pence come out and support him this early in the game tells me everything I have to know. I have no respect for Mike Pence for what he did. He's a deep state all the way. And that's what we really have to keep our eye on, that we cannot fall prey to DeSantis. He's, he's, uh, He's a paper puppet. As well, far as I'm concerned. Thank you, Terry. Uh, I think that uh, we don't know that yet uh, because he hasn't really been tested. And uh, certainly on the issue of content of education, early childhood, and illegal immigrants coming into America, he's been a creative opponent and I think done a fine job on those issues. Does he know squat about the economy? Is he able to stand up to Russia and China and North Korea? Does he know any, what's his view on Iran? Can he make that stick? Uh, can he promote job growth without inflation? How the hell do we know? Uh, he, he's a novice in those fields. Uh, right. The important thing to bear in mind about DeSantis is there's a membrane between those voters who say, I want Trump, 
and those voters who basically say, I want Trump light. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the polls that was rigged asked this question. They said, which would you prefer more? Uh, Donald Trump being reelected and pursuing the same policies he did as president or another Republican being elected and pursuing the policies Trump did as president. And that's that's right. the crux of their campaign. What they're trying to say is Trumpism without Trump. And right. that's like a membrane between uh, Trump and Trump light. And DeSantis is sort of positioning himself to be Trump light. Now, the antidote to that is, first of all, you take an issue where DeSantis can advocate it, but he's not directly involved like free speech. And Trump really makes that his issue, and DeSantis has difficulty following that. Um, and the second thing is that you make very clear that a Donald Trump comes along once in a lifetime. And just like we couldn't find a better Reagan than Ronald Reagan, we'll never find a better Trump than Donald Trump. Yeah. Let's go to Ralph in New Jersey. Hey, Ralph. Okay, thank you for taking my call, uh, Dick, and ha- hello to your dog. Uh, happy holidays hey, to you. Hey, happy uh, Merry Christmas. You know, uh, if you find, uh, you know, uh, Twitter a toxic uh, situation, uh, what, how, how come we are not seriously dealing with TikTok and totally banning well, we, them out of this country? Because we, it's not really about have, have to. expression. Ralph, we, we, have, we really have to. Right. Ralph, really you're right. To. We have to. And let me explain why. The Chinese concept of world domination is not based on military conquest. It's not even based on economic domination. It's based on the domination of the of coercion of people based on their views, the coercion of information. So what they do is, on the one hand, they collect information about what your opinions are. Are you pro-China, anti-China? Are you a free speech American or are you waffling on that, and they, just like with their own people, they have what they call a social acceptability score, where you get rated, literally, like it's, it's like our credit rating, and you can't fly on planes, you can't get on trains, you can't get you jobs. Get rated, you get rated, and then you get rated, R-A-I-D. <laughs> yeah, you got that right, Doug, that's good, yeah. that's good, and uh, that makes up for a few bad ones. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> But, but look, I think that, that – and that's their concept, the social acceptance score, and to make that global. And to do that, they want a system where everybody tells the Chinese what they think, and they can then rate them. So all of us will have a social acceptability score. We can't write to, uh, a, uh, to a credit agency and find out what it is, but it's there on us. Mine is too low for zero. And then what they do – is they they own companies in the world. There are 2,400 major American companies that have very significant or controlling shares dominated by China. And there's stuff that you wouldn't think of, Smithfield Ham, for example, uh, right. most of the movie theaters in America. And uh, because they own it or because they are heavily invested in it, they can control who they hire and fire. And you'll suddenly find you don't get raises, you don't get promoted, your job is in jeopardy because you don't know why, but it's because of that social acceptability score. And TikTok is their vehicle for doing it nas- internationally. They used to hope that Huawei, this company they controlled, would embed it in the software of the 5G systems throughout the world. 
But Trump caught him at it and flagged it and banned the 5G, their 5G system, Huawei, from America. And then Britain followed suit and a lot of other countries did. So that avenue is closed to them. But they can do it through TikTok where people voluntarily give them their information and they then can be censored. And that's how the Chinese plan to run the world. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. And you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. I'd like to switch gears now and talk about probably the most exciting developments of modern times and perhaps the most exciting development since the start of the human race. Um, Wow. It's appropriate that we talk about this on Christmas when we can talk about Jesus Christ, who really was the most exciting development in the human race. But I have my sights (laughs) set a little bit lower on nuclear fusion. Uh, This week, scientists at the Livermore, Lawrence Livermore National Lab announced that they had achieved energy gain in a fusion reaction for the first time. The gain occurred for a split second, and the energy produced was greater than the lasers used to trigger the reaction. It'll be If that's replicated on the Earth, it can generate unlimited energy. So let me explain this to folks. There are two ways to explode a bomb, nuclear bomb. One is through fission, and the other is through fusion. Fission involves shooting electrons at atoms, breaking them apart, and the electrons that are broken apart and released trigger a chain reaction that breaks apart all other all kinds of other atoms. And each time they do that, it releases a quantum of energy that they call the atomic glue, which holds the atom together. And when you break it apart, that glue, that tiny amount of matter, is converted into energy and energy equals the speed of light squared, equals mc2, mc squared. And that's an enormous amount of power, and that's what nuclear power is based on. But there's another way to do it, which is how the sun does it. Uh, it converts, and all stars in the universe convert hydrogen into uh, power, by into uh, energy, by fusing two hydrogen molecules. And the process of fusing the two of them releases that same kind of energy from the atomic glue that you don't need as much of because it's now all fused together. And that's the power of the sun. And it'll never never stop. Uh, At some point in a billion years from now, they'll run out of hydrogen and you'll need to start the process again or with a new star. But that's that's how energy is powered in the universe. Now, the problem is that to do that, you need, the te- you need to have the temperature, the temperature of the sun. It has to be that hot to get the fusion reaction to take place. What they've done at the Livermore National Laboratory is that they have 
fused this uh, with hundreds of experiments, heating hydrogen isotopes, normally deuterium and tritium, to such extreme temperatures that the atomic nuclei fuse, releasing helium and energy in the form of neutons, neutrons. More than half of the private fusion companies in the U.S. are developing approaches based on magnetic confinement in which huge magnets hold the deuterium and tritium fuel in place while it's heated to temperatures hotter than the sun. And somebody from their lab said, sometime in the next decade or two, we're going to build the first commercial fusion reactor. And then humans are going to spend the next 10 million years building better fusion reactors because fusion is really just an amazing energy source. The fuel is infinite, carbon-free, extremely cheap, Basically, it's water, and you can build it anywhere and scare it, scale it infinitely, and it does not in any way pollute or promote global climate change or anything like that. And we are maybe 20 or 30 years away from doing it. We were longer times away from doing it, but now it's been done, and it's just a matter of doing it cheaper and better and replicable, and the in- our industry is very good at that as opposed to one or two relatively underfunded labs pursuing the solution. Now everybody in the world is going to pile on to try to develop this energy source. So in the immediate future, let's keep our eye on the ball. Forget about climate change. It ain't going to happen. A fusion will take care of it. You're not going to have pollution. Uh, Forget about running out of energy. Forget about nuclear waste. Forget about any of that stuff. We're going to be powered by natural resource that's essentially a bucket of water. You just take hydrogen and you convert it into uh, helium. And and that is just going to completely change the entire universe. And it's now 2022, 2023 in a few days. We're probably looking at 2030, 2040 before this happens. And as usual, it'll take the political establishment uh, decades to respond to this, to modify their policies to relate to it. But we are literally in the closing years of an era that has begun with the founding of the human race and the the use of fire uh, as a fuel. And we're going to have the post-fire, post-carbon era, uh, which is going to start in a few years in the lifetimes of the majority of the people listening to this show. And uh, that is the verge of what we're into. Now, of course, this was only reported on the front page of the New York Times in a secondary story and hasn't been covered tremendously, but really it is the central news item of our times. Absolutely. Let's let's go to uh, Edward in Chicago, who's got a more mundane question about title 42 hey edward yeah dick yeah it's good to talk to you again um i'm gonna vote for the uh, republican nominee unless i hope everybody can say that because otherwise the media will just say oh you just want to get trump in there or you want to get the sanders there we all want a republican nominee because if you live in chicago new york or la which is a sanctuary cities uh i've been watching these photos here in our past it's pretty ridiculous we have a triple pandemic. I just saw a news story here in Germany, in Berlin, where they're admitting 200 babies a day. And the government dropped the ball 
because they're concentrating on the vaccines. We have a shortage of amoxicillin, uh, meds. Yeah. I mean, this is on drudge, on the yeah. drudge report. But you were, so, your question originally, as I saw it, was Title 42. And uh, everybody, I guess, knows what that is. But that was a measure that kept people out of America uh, because of the COVID epidemic. And said, in view of that, uh, we could bypass the immigration laws and keep people who we suspect of carrying this disease out of the country. And that's about to expire prematurely. And you are going to get massive numbers of illegal immigrants coming into the United States. Truly massive. There are predictions of as many as 10,000 a day. And uh, wow, this is, uh, this will totally change uh, our demography in the U.S. Now, of course, this is based on a democratic theory, which is that they'll pack the electorate with Hispanics. But if they do that, they'll get a lot of more Hispanic voters that in a few years will be Republican because this process is going on. Uh, they come to the United States. They solve their immediate material problems. They get jobs because they're very hardworking and good people, most of them. And uh, and then they begin to make some money and they begin to understand that the dynamics that made their old countries unacceptable, uh, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba, Guatemala, even Mexico, um, Colombia now, and uh, and ultimately North Vietnam, because this is affecting the Asians too, are at work here in America and are destroying the fabric of this country. And to restore our country and to stop the left from destroying it and wrecking it, because they always ask, where am I going to go after this happens? Uh, and there's no place to go. So I think the title for the ending of Title 42 will be enormous. Let's go to G.I. Jack in Hackensack. <laughs> hey, my buddy. How you doing, Rich? Doing uh, good. Merry, Merry Christmas. And listen, I just want to say a couple of things. Basically, what those who vote, first of all, thank you for the wonderful service. And thank you for giving me a national platform to bring the world, to let the Americans know and the world, the horrible plight of American veterans. And those who continue to vote these same idiots, primarily liberal Democrats back in, they're voting against their own safety. Yep. And there's no excuse for that. There's no excuse to cut police budgets. There's no excuse to let rioting go. And that's the sixth consensus. But let's hope and pray to Christ that 2023 will be the year, Dick, that there won't be two-thirds of the homeless men and women in America, American veterans, and there will be no innocent living creatures, homeless, man, woman, child, dog or cat, any of the almighty God's innocent animals. Oh, bless you. Bless you, Jack. And we second that. Um, I'm a little pessimistic about 23, uh, but I'm pretty optimistic about 25 after Trump gets back in. Um, we will regard this four-year Biden period and include the eight years of Obama before as a as a period in America where we lost faith, we were unable to keep to our course, but then Trump put it back on course, hopefully followed by the administration and maybe DeSantis or somebody else who can do a good job. Let's go to Dean in North, in North Jersey. Hi, Dean. Yeah, hi. You know what I wanted to tell you? Um, when I think about Trump, hello? Yeah. When I think about Trump, 
I think about this guy called Roger Bannister. He was the guy that the first guy to break the four minute mile. And every right. single scientist, biologically and neurologically, the human body is just not made to do it. Yeah. Now he does it against all odds. He does it. So think about Trump. But that's not the big thing. The big thing is right after he did it, four more people within three yeah. months did it. Yeah. So they needed permission to do it, just like but, DeSantis now is after Trump. I've always and, found I've always, that's an interesting metaphor. I hadn't thought yeah, about that. Yeah, Trump is going to win again. He's going to win again because nobody has the guts to do what he's going to do to get the thing done. And, uh, yes, there will be other behind him, but you need Trump right now. Yeah, you're right, and that's a great theory, absolutely. Uh, and, by the way, the Bannister phenomenon is incredible. Now everybody runs the four-minute mile. And uh, it's incredible, but and and it's it's just an amazing phenomenon. So today we talked about the cent- the emerging central issue of politics, which is censorship and free speech. We talked about the revelations with Twitter, and we talked about how that is the reason, the way in which the election of 2020 was rigged and fixed, because regardless of what you think about each ballot in Michigan or Pennsylvania or any of those states. I think we can all agree that if we knew Joe and Hunter Biden were agents of the Chinese Communist Party, we never would have elected him president, never would have won. And the Democrats agreed with that, and that's why they suppressed it all. Yeah, Doug? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. So so that's going to be our key issue, and that's going to be the key key thing we go with. And remember, the FBI is at war with Donald Trump. If they go after him, if they indict him, if they prosecute him, it's just like impeachment. It's one more piece of garbage they're throwing at him because they know he can win. Yeah, the DBI, not the FBI. The DBI, Democratic Bureau of Investigation. 